Hello, friends. Welcome to a tale not for the faint of heart. The year is 1890. The place, Boston. A dark and sinister force has seeped into our world, corrupting and conquering all it touches. Now, four adventurers have banded together. Can they keep the darkness from holding total dominion over all. Find out as our heroes face the Red Death. Alright, so last time on Red Death, all of our characters were at a bar in Boston. My character, James Wilcox, this is just kind of a normal bar that he goes to with all the other laborers and day workers, I guess, that he hangs out with all the other fellow bricklayers. So he goes to this bar fairly often to just unload and hang out, hang out with the guys every day. Uh, Sawyer had just come in on a train uh, earlier that day and stopped by his, uh, uh, his, he he was there for business reasons and um, they got delayed. So he went and found the nearest place where he could find a cigarette. Uh, found a spot where he could put his back up to the wall so that he had a good vantage point of the bar and then got a little comfortable, had a few whiskeys, and then saw Ignacia and Agnes walk in. Ignacia and Agnes, well, Agnes wanted to see this murder that happened because there's these Mar- Jack the Ripper-like murders that are going on. And Agnes, who's forever curious, <laughs> wanted to check it out. <laughs> and um, they wound up in the bar because it was actually near the murder scene, so Ignacia wanted to congratulate and, you know, cheer on Agnes's recent graduation, so they decided to go in there for a drink. Yeah, Agnes had just graduated, and as one does, we were off at a, you know, very high-class establishment where we definitely aren't going to get tetanus or hepatitis. Um, (laughs) Trying to just have normal fun times as one will try to do after investigating a murder. And then shit went down. James is good for a Terry. Uh, went outside, much to uh, James' uh, protest, went outside with, I guess, a, a prostitute and there there was a scream that it, we all heard. We all ran out and we ran up on the scene of of Terry stabbing this this prostitute, standing over her, stabbing her. So we, we intervened. We tried to talk him down. He just kept stabbing. Nothing really would break his concentration, but eventually James was able to get in there and, and help restrain him. Um, we got we got Terry restrained. The police showed up, and at this point, the after some talk, the party split up. With Sawyer, James, and Agnes all went to Madame Marie's what brothel is it? I suppose we all followed a lead there, um, and Ignacio went with Terry to to kind of to well to buy us some time to try to figure out what was wrong with him and to look him over uh she's there with a couple of boston's finest so we spoke to madame marie who told us about the ring of thieves on cambridge street uh we also learned about dr witherspoon dr charles witherspoon who was i believe a suspect for a bit in the jack the ripper murders or the copycat murders we did all see something that looked suspiciously like him come out of Terry's body uh, after he was done murdering the lady. We had left Madame Marie's 
Uh, she called us a carriage to take us where we need to go, and I think that's kind of where we are. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Um, the one thing to, to toss in there is that the doctor, Dr. Charles Witherspoon, has uh, ironclad alibis during both the London Ripper murders and the local copycat Ripper murders. It's not just that he was cleared. He has been sort of like there was someone else with him when that happened, kind of clearing. Uh, and the murder the night uh, that you witnessed, uh, Detective David O'Neill was actually with the doctor interviewing him about the previous night when the murder occurred on the second night. So you hop into this carriage, um, which is uh, pretty nice. Um, James and Sawyer, this is definitely the nicest carriage you've ever been in. Agnes, this is a pretty good carriage. Um, and uh, the driver sort of leans back, uh, looks back through the little window, and asks you where to. Uh, Agnes is, in, or Agnes, I'm Agnes. <laughs> Ignacia <laughs> is in uh, my father's office, yes. So mm-hmm. we should probably prioritize that reunion. Mm-hmm. So in that, we, we, dec- we decided where that was but I can't quite recall. I think it was kind of near like the square. Yes, that was the uh, number five on the map. Yes. So onward to my father's office. Okay. If everyone's cool with that. Can we, can we take a route that would put it, like if, if, uh, if Ignacia would have left on foot to head back to where we all were last, if, if we could take a route that would see her on the way, just in case. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Um, just for, for sake of making this easy on everybody, uh, I'm going to say that uh, Ignacia is still there, just so we don't have to do the two hours of wandering Boston. <laughs> yeah. Ignacia! Sawyer! So. <laughs> All right, so you get there uh, just as uh, Ignacia is finishing up. She's coming out as your carriage is pulling up, because uh, we can do that. Are there cops inside or outside? Uh, I'm trying to remember what we said. I think there was a cop inside with you. So you pull up uh, just as the police officers are uh, helping make sure that Terry gets back to the station safely. Um, And you're all sort of out on the front, uh, in front of the office, seeing to that um, when this carriage pulls up and your three compatriots climb out, Ignacia. Welcome welcome back. I... uh tried really hard to stall, but they weren't waiting any longer. Uh, well, did, did he... Has Terry said anything else, or has he just remained conscious the whole time? He's, he's been out like a light. Okay. Well, that's probably best, so he's not talking too much and incriminating himself further. I mean, how can he, though? He, things like this, he wouldn't have any knowledge of it whatsoever. Well, yeah, we can, you know, for his sake... We can talk more about it inside. Yeah, okay. And so I'm going to start, like, shuffling them in <laughs> once the cops leave with Terry. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, so the cops head out. Um, yeah, so they uh, kind of toss him in the back of the, the wagon that they uh, rode you all there in, um, and a lot of you head on inside. How was the... Where, where did y'all go again? It's um, a long night. Yeah, did we tell her? We, uh, we escorted... Uh, that's yeah, right. We escorted the, the friend of the victim back to Madame Marie. Oh, that's right. And everything's okay on over there in that end? Mm, okay might be a strong word. Uh, there's a few indicators of something 
strange going on, such as uh, Madame Marie has a lot of very, very new, nice books. In fact, I believe her entire library is stocked entirely of uh, recently purchased books or recently acquired books. Hmm. Like, have not been touched level of new books. Wow. I mean, she might be trying to educate herself more. I mean, I don't want to make assumptions, but that could be the case. It could be. It's just, it's interesting that one would have quite so many books without ever having cracked any of them open. At least that's what it appeared like to me. I see. Yeah, Agnes, why don't you give me an insight psychology check? 15. Okay. Yeah, so um, as you're sort of talking through it, you think that this is something you've seen um, your brother do from time to time uh, when he wants to impress somebody, that he'll he'll put books out that, um, that look impressive uh, that he hasn't necessarily cracked. Um, your brother's a little more sophisticated and he's usually uh, smart enough to crack the spine a little bit, make him look a little red. Um, but one possibility that comes to mind is that this could just be her trying to establish herself as, uh, you know, not just a, not just a madam, but a sort of sophisticated businesswoman. Mm. Of course. God, my brother just, he's an awful... <laughs> Sycophant who just tries to make everybody love him. Uh, so yes, I share this with everyone. Just that um, it, it reminds me of my brother's tendency to posture uh, and try to make himself look good via his collection of books. Could could uh, could could we say that Sawyer just is trailing in behind them now because he stopped and asked one of the police officers to bum a cigarette before they left? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm also going to try to lift his badge. <laughs> okay um so let's do uh yeah i mean the police officer would, would let you bum a cigarette um but let's do a uh sleight of hand a sleight of hand contested against the police officer's uh perception okay, i rolled an 11 and i have plus five okay um he rolled a three so we're gonna say that <laughs> that he was like yeah sure sure cigarette here you go. And then like his, uh, the other cop with him said something, he kind of turned around and the badge was right here and he just kind of leaned over this way, was looking there and, uh, your nimble little fingers were able to to (laughs) pop that right off. All right. So I I walk in with a cigarette lit in my mouth and I had just tucked away in my jacket pocket where if I was to open my jacket, it would be visible. Okay. Uh, so you were saying something about books. Did I did I interrupt something? Sounds oh. riveting. <laughs> really? Uh, no, I was just uh, remarking that it was strange that Madame Marie had so many new books that she had never once touched. It looked like to me, at least, it's something that my brother used to do to, uh, and still does, I'm sure, sometimes to impress colleagues, uh, purchasing books without actually looking at them. I see. Does anyone remember the victim's name? That poor girl. Uh, victim's name was Catherine DeBell, uh, and the girl who was with her is Clara May. Catherine, you said, was the victim? Yes. So, Agnes, Ignacia, Ignacia, you, you were at the the other murder site. Yes. What, what, was that, what was that victim's name? Was it also a young female? Uh, there were two victims in that one. One of them was uh, a working girl, yes, I think about around the same age. 
as Catherine. And I believe that the other victim was uh, her, her client at the time. Do we know, was she also employed by Madame Marie? That's something we probably I, should have asked Madame Marie, but I, I did not think to at the time. Hmm. Well, I don't know much about murderers, but uh, I'd, I'd say if we could figure out some sort of connection and who the victims were, maybe we could help figure out who's doing this. It was all over the paper, so I'm sure if we um, take a look, then we can acquire her name and maybe figure out if she also was connected to, to Catherine. And then uh, Madame Marie was talking about a ring of thieves. Yeah, on, um, they're on Cambridge Street. That's what she said. Hmm. Is, is that what she said? Um, well, I have Ring of Thieves broke, wrote down with Cambridge Street wrote underneath it in a big box around it. So I thought they were together. Maybe they are. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never play games where I have to take notes. <laughs> this is really this is really screwing up my murder wall. <laughs> my, my, I'm trying to draw a line here from. <laughs> I believe one thing I do recall uh, Madame Marie saying was that she no longer was sending girls to the the Ring of Thieves, right? Because they were they were being bad. They were being ill treated. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this the address she gave you. Um, we're gonna go ahead and uh, retcon this. Um, now that I've looked carefully at a map here, uh, on 62 Parkman Street, that's location 10 on your map. And that's where the Ring of Thieves operate? Yes. Okay. So is Cambridge Street anything? Uh, possibly me being wrong about stuff. Okay. So I am going to erase that from my box. Okay. Now before before we go talking to some entering some some ring of thieves, should should we figure out what what exactly it is we're doing? Are, are we trying to clear clear Terry's name, or, or I mean, what's what's our plan? What's our play, Ignacia? So with this stuff, it's it's really hard to have physical evidence because possession doesn't really leave any. And Agnes, I know you don't believe any of this, but to me, I'm on this. You, you all saw it, right? You saw this the image of of someone else leaving his body, right? What you see can be misleading, though. I've also seen illusions that have been very convincing at the time. I felt the evil in the air. It was coming from him. It was something was possessed. Something evil was possessing him. Well, I think murder in any way, shape, or form tends to be pretty evil. Oh, well, you're not listening. I saw something leave his body, too. Um, but just briefly, I mean, it, for me, I mean, at first I thought it was just a trick of the light or a shadow until until you all also said that, or some of you said you saw it as well. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know how exactly we could clear his name because uh, that's a pretty – fantastical story that that may not be an easy sell to I mean, like like was said like we don't have any evidence that would that would prove that he was possessed or or whatever it was what we do have right now is this connection to dr witherspoon and i i 
I strongly believe that even if he has an alibi, he we all saw something that looked like him. Uh, and that can either mean that maybe he is directly involved and responsible for this, or perhaps there is someone who is trying to frame him. But either way, we don't know who that someone could be. The one thing we have right now is the image of his face. So I, I think we should maybe uh, take a take a look around his property. Yeah, that does seem probably a good starting point since, since we have his name and you know he's been at least a party of interest in in murders before. I also feel that people are going out of their way, maybe just a tad too much for him, saying what a great individual he is. And Madame Marie did this. I believe uh, the inspector also did this. And maybe this is just really an upstanding individual, but I, I don't know. Something smells fishy to me. I mean, also, wasn't he, if memory serves me right, that name sounds familiar. Because isn't that the name that appeared in the stories across in England when Jack the Ripper was going on as well? I believe he was one of the main suspects at the time, but then he was cleared, and now he's now he's here on our shore, so now we get to deal with him instead of England. I think that the uh, Ring of Thieves place is kind of on our way to Mr. Witherspoon's home. Well, to Doctor, sorry, Doctor Witherspoon's home. Maybe we could go, go by there first, or or go to. Dr. Witherspoon's home first and then come back by the Ring of Thieves, thieves on the way back. Because I imagine it's late at night. He's probably not going to be his office, which is on the other side of town, from what I understand. I think it's definitely worth looking into. And so time-wise, it's about two in the morning uh, for everybody, just just so everybody knows the where the hands on the clock are. Okay. That's the perfect time for thieving and criminal activity, isn't it? So. <laughs> Seems like a good time to go looking in somebody's windows. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in a uh, we're in a, an exam room or doctor's office. What, what what's the the layout of this the room we're in? Uh, so Ignacio, what's the what's the room like? How do you have it set up? Um, it's I think this room itself is um, well. There's a main like waiting area, a lobby area for. Oh no, Agnes, is your doctor is your dad like a surgeon or is he like a family person? Practitioner? Does he do it at all? Or he's a surgeon, but I feel like he might like kind of dabble in other like stuff too. Yeah, my understanding of doctors back then is that they were sort of like, if they're a doctor, they're the doctor. Yeah. Uh, well, as everybody's deciding what to what to do, uh, uh, Sawyer right now is is taking the the corks off of these random large bottles and smelling, hoping to find something, but it, it, each time it's it's just not. It's not something he'd want to drink. That sounds super <laughs> safe. Yeah. <laughs> well, not not to not to be a a, a devil's advocate, but uh, at two in the morning, walking towards the ring of thieves, possibly more danger. I mean, well, why not why not walk the other direction towards a a, a safe safety and a drink? Are you saying to go to go to the the doctor's home first? Oh no! I'm saying to us, just, get just out of a place to... full of murderers and thieves. I mean, if there's evil in this area, I want to not have it here because it's only going to make matters worse. He puts uh, Sawyer, Sawyer puts the last cork in the last disgusting smelling bottle and puts it back up on the shelf. Well, then I guess it's heroes. Then let's go. So, as, so where are we going? Out, he, he, uh, Sawyer does lean over to to James and say, uh, "If if things go south, don't say I didn't try to give everyone a way out." 
James will nod to him. Uh, just, just, just reassuringly, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think we, I think we go to the doctor's house first. Okay. Because all, all the all this talk of of thieves and two in the morning, it seems like maybe the 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 best bet right now would be a would be to go to the doctor's house. Okay, great. Um, so you head to uh, to his house, which um, is on Fifty Three Beacon Street. That is location eight on there. Uh, you arrive at the front. It's about two thirty in the morning by the time you get there. Um, and this is 1890s Boston. So uh, the streets are pretty entirely dead. Um, as the four of you start to approach the house, you see two police officers uh, standing out in front smoking cigarettes. Do they look familiar? Uh, no. So I guess we probably, we probably hang back a little ways instead of just walking right up to them. Okay. Well, I think, um, whispering, I think that's odd. Um, why would he have, do, do we know he has, has like officers at his home? Are they, does, does it look like they're like protection or they're there scoping him out too? I, I think it's something that, uh, Detective O'Neill mentioned to you that he had, um, people stationed at his house for the doctor's safety since these murders seem to be. Uh, targeting him, and especially since the two murders are equidistant from his house. Okay, so we would we would have expected them to be there then. Yes. Not, yeah. Now that you say that, I, don't, I remember that. O- O'Neill's horse isn't tied up front, is it? Uh, no, Detective O'Neill is not there. These are two sort of beat cops. And is this one of those like uh, kind of they're very close together, almost touching, if not attached buildings, like a like a three story home attached to another three story home? With a roof access or something like that? Uh, that sounds like Boston, yeah. yeah. So if we sort of hang back and look at an alley, there might be a way to get up to the, to the roof. Uh, yeah, sure. Give me, a, give me an investigation check. Let's scroll up and see what that is. Ooh. <laughs> Do you need help? Oh. Uh, I, I'm going to re-roll that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, a 17 minus one, 16. What was, why was your first one a one? Is that no, my first one was a 20, but I bumped it. It, oh, okay. it rolled and I bumped it. And I, yeah. Okay. So this was, this was a 16. Sure. Um, so as with a lot of houses, this has, um, some backyard. Um, and, uh, you figure if you head in the alley behind the houses are all connected in the front. Um, but they would have some space in the back for a small stables. Um, and, uh, you know, for the sort of garden access. Uh, this is a, a house for pretty well-to-do people. Um, so Wither- Witherspoon, just based on the location of his house directly across from the park um, and the sort of grandeur of it uh, must be a person of quite some means. So I, I, I uh, uh, relay that to the group without sounding too much like I was skilled at casing a joint. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? What do you what do you I mean, what do you think our approach should be? Well, do you want to get in and talk to him on our terms, or do you want to get in with the with the police officers knowing we were here? Well, I can't. I don't imagine that the police officers would let us in exactly. 
they're here as part of the investigation and probably probably wouldn't want us talking to them. So I'm thinking if we're going to get a word with them, we're going to have to do it on our terms. Or we could have somebody fake a terrible illness that he must see to right now immediately. If anyone's particularly good at that kind of did, thing. Did Sawyer well, bring did Sawyer bring any of those bottles? <laughs> well I mean I, I, I do carry a bag of herbs and stuff, so if we do need to like rid something up, I probably could. So, so Sawyer Sawyer is standing next to um to James and uh <laughs> in sort of a, a nonchalant kind of friendly kind of way, he elbows James right in right in the spot where he was injured by the ninth wound. <laughs> Going, how's uh, how are you feeling? Do you think you need some sort of medical attention? <laughs> but he does it a little bit more forcefully than James might have liked. Yeah, James definitely definitely oh, and you know pulls over and it's like, well, I mean, I I suppose. I could use some stitching up. <laughs> Sawyer, Sawyer puts puts his arms or his arm uh, James's arm around him, so it looks like he's he's carrying. Him. He's like, yeah, is this convincing enough, or should we do something else? I don't know. It looks pretty good. And also, um, Doug, would this do doctors in this town all kind of like know each other? Would you say like would would Doctor Witherspoon know of my father, for instance? Uh. Good question. Um, so Dr. Witherspoon would probably know of your father. Your father might not know of Dr. Witherspoon. Okay. Um, so Witherspoon is, um, I think Detective O'Neill told you this, but if he didn't, we can say that he did. Um, he uh, recently came over from England. Um, the Ripper murders are relatively uh, recent since this. Um, and after... Uh, Witherspoon's wife was murdered. He left England and came over to America to sort of get a fresh start. And that was uh, not that long ago. A matter of weeks, we would say. Then we can name drop my father and that will potentially help us a bit. And he's a, he's a doctor doctor, like we established, not like a psychiatrist, psychologist type doctor. Correct. Because I would have felt really bad James having to tell him about how it feels instead of how it feels. Right. <laughs> I mean, if we want to go on with this somewhat ruse, uh, because I wouldn't turn down some stitches, but. All right. I'm, I am up for this. If you all are. All right. <laughs> so where, in, in, Agnes, where do you want to go to hide? Do you want to hide down an alley or. Oh, I guess that is the thing. Like, do we want, are we sending, are we all trying to infiltrate? Because I think I need to be there because I look like my father. Um, there are not many Korean Americans in Boston. <laughs> um, so I feel like There's I There's also not many Mexican Americans either, so I understand. <laughs> but then you can also name drop Dr. Han because you've been working with him a little bit. Um, so I feel like we should all try to uh, weasel our way in at once somehow. I don't know uh, how else we might all stick together maybe oh. we let sawyer be stealthy and go through the back <laughs> way i was gonna say that if, if uh if you ladies wouldn't mind carrying this burden i'll uh make my way around back uh, I'll, i'm gonna need some sort of signal oh my what kind of signal what what is a very what it's subtle enough but also distinct enough that it could work as such a thing what's your favorite bird call <laughs> i don't know if i know many bird calls 
I can't, I can't whistle. So, so, so uh, at, at that moment, while you guys are talking about the calls, Sawyer is trying to slip away. He was using that as his distraction for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I roll my, my, my stealth against them. Because it's going to be really embarrassing if it's going to be really embarrassing if like I walk into a trash can right next to him right. trying to slip away. So you're trying to slip away from the other three. Yes, I got okay. a. Oh, I have a oh plus three. Okay, that's a seventeen. Okay, uh, is anybody's passive perception higher than uh, higher than seventeen? I don't think that's possible given what 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 makes up my passive perception. Sure. So passive perception is a, a non-rolled thing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's and, 10 plus your perception. Yeah. 10 plus your perception modifier. So in older ones, you know, the, the GM might say like, okay, everybody give me a perception check. Oh, I got a three. I got this. I got that. Okay. Yeah. You don't notice anything. Everything's fine. And then people would be on edge this way. The, the GM can say, uh, unless you have a sort of passive perception that's higher than X, you just won't notice it. So, no. all right, mine's only is a twelve. It also, is it also plus your proficiency bonus? Yes, uh, if you're if you're proficient in perception. Oh, okay, that's the case. Then I am. I'm an expert in being perceptive. So okay, so that's going to be. I think at level three, your proficiency bonus is plus two. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and so it's going to be uh, four plus your uh, perception is intelligence based. I think right. Yes. Yeah, which is a plus three, so that's seven. So that's a seventeen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I make I make one of these like shh faces at you as I as I sleek into the alley. <laughs> she just I'm glances almost... and just shakes her head and just keeps like talking to the group. <laughs> I feel like I didn't notice it, so James is looking off the other way, trying to trying to replicate bird noises without actually being able to whistle. So you you duped him. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's not quite high enough for that. But. All right, I guess we can both, uh, Ignacio and I, we can both have our arms underneath our, our terribly wounded friend here. And he's huge, too. He's 6'2", 230 pounds. So he's a, he's a big guy. Am I, oh, is no. my wound bleeding again now? Now that Sawyer's gotten because enough of the el- Yeah, because that elbow. I'm like a surgeon with my elbows. <laughs> We'll say that it's definitely it's definitely pushed out a little bit of blood. So are we going with recently stabbed, just now stabbed? Yes, let's go with we were walking. Um, you, you, let's say you were walking us home, okay. uh, but home is kind of a little bit far away, uh, and we were jumped by criminals, unknown criminals. They they got away so fast we didn't see what they looked like at all. Yeah, <laughs> and I knew that Doctor Witherspoon was here, so. We figured we would rely upon his kindness. All right. That works for me. So we hobble our way up there with me bleeding out the side. Uh, so we're going to do, this is a, this is a good plan. Um, and so this is going to be a uh, contested deception check. Um, you're going to, since, uh, since this is a good plan, I'm going to give whoever is the most deceitful among you. Uh, the opportunity to go ahead um, and have advantage on this role while you're persuading them that he needs help. Both of the detectives are going to roll an intelligence save to see if they uh, 
to see if they notice what you're, um, what you're about here, whether they believe you or not. Do any of us have deception? I have persuasion, but not deception. I have a plus three on deception. Excellent. I've got a plus one on it. So are we all? Is it me again? It's going to be you again. I mean, I'm all. I also. I have. It's just intelligence, right? So I also have plus three on that. But no, I think it's uh, it's charisma. Oh, is it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It. It's all you, Ignacia. <laughs> you believe Yay. in you. Wait, why am I supposed to? Oh. Uh, so, advantage, right? Yep, advantage. So, your highest of two. Uh, the second one was a nat 20. <gasps> <laughs> Alright, so, um, so you show up and, uh, so tell me what you're, talk to me about the fabulous way that you deceived them, they having rolled a two and a three, respectively. So these are uh, these are the two, uh, maybe the dumbest cops in Boston, if not a broader net for stupidity. <laughs> uh, they're very tired uh, and they're not necessarily happy with this job. So, so Lenny, I can't believe we're stuck here out just guarding this doctor's house. Oh, Pete, uh, this uh, this this guy here. We just gotta stand here and just kind of watch him. Yeah. Really, just watch his house and anybody on the street. Could be home asleep right now. Could be. Uh, Snuggled up with my dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do love that dog in some weird, strange kind of ways. Well, you know, he, he unlike anybody else in my family, Lenny, he is he has been there for me. Well, it's good to have somebody there for you, I guess. It, it is. Uh, oh, hello. Oh, what we got here? Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Uh, putting on the mate. Um, the, my friend here, he is, he's been stabbed. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what's what's going on. We got jumped at the man. He swung and they stabbed him and they ran off. And uh, he really needs help. And I know there's a doctor here. And I just, I, I was just trying to see if he was, if he was available to help, to help us out. How do you know the, that there's a doctor here? I mean, isn't this a doctor's residence? It is, but how do you know that? I mean, doesn't usually doctors work from their offices, from their homes? Right, but, but how... But they have offices that do house calls? And, and... Uh, are, you a, are you a patient of his or something? Ah, oh, James is holding on to his side, really. <laughs> oh. She works with the, my father, the highly esteemed Dr. Han. Oh, you're Han's kid. Yeah, it's, that's 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 me. Oh, Miss Han. Uh, yeah, we're sorry. Uh, there is a doctor here. This uh, British, a British bloke, as he might say. Uh, what do you what do you think, Pete? I think it's all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's probably all right. Uh, they they knew he was here, so they must they must know him. So I'm thinking I'm thinking it's all right. And uh, Han's kid, she couldn't possibly be in any kind of mischief. I uh, wouldn't think so at all. No. No. Uh, all right. Yeah, her and her brother, both good eggs from everything I know. Her brother more so, yeah, from what I've heard. But uh, uh, esteemed physician in his own right. But, um, yeah, I think we should get them inside. And uh, we'll wake Witherspoon up. All Thank right. you so much. Oh, you, you're welcome, miss. Uh, miss, and he sort of holds out a hand awkwardly. Ignacia. Miss Ignacia. Okay, well, uh, come on in here. Uh, Pete, you get, you get this guy's other side. Bring him yeah. on in. yeah. All right. Um, 
so they go in, uh, they, you know, give a on the door. Um, and then when there's not an immediate answer, they give another like, and about, uh, 30 seconds later, a sort of bleary-eyed butler uh, stumbles to the door and opens it and sees the two officers and kind of balks. He lets them in and uh, says that he'll go wake up uh, Dr. Witherspoon. So he heads upstairs uh, to get him. So uh, that took about two minutes. Uh, Sawyer, what have you been doing in that time? I think Sawyer tries to get around back as quickly as he can, but... uh... You said that there was a place for like stables in a garden area. So he's going to try to like, he's looking around everything he's looking at is like, you know, ways in ways out. Mm -hmm. And then what's going on in like a garden shed or, or, you know, what, 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 what is the, what, what is this doctor? What might he be doing in his yard uh, before, you know, as he's making his way. So this is sort of like, he's not taking too long, but long enough to sort of peek his head in. Sure. Uh, Give me an, if you're going to do it quickly, give me an investigation check. 12. Okay. Uh, so this looks like uh, a yard. Um, it, it appears to be the kind of yard that doesn't get a whole lot of time spent in it. Um, there's nothing that jumps out to you. Um, it looks like it's maintained, but not carefully maintained. No bloody padlocks on the barn door. Oh yeah. Like three or four. No, uh, <laughs> Lots of handprints, too. Yeah, um, yeah, yep. Chalk outlines. Chalk outlines and written in blood. It says, uh, I am the Ripper. Um, <laughs> well, case solved. Back to the bar. <laughs> no, uh, the, there isn't a, a lock on the, on the door um, to the stable. Uh, and so if you want to head in there, you can. Um, but there's, there's nothing amiss. This looks like uh, any number of other, other yards. I just peek in real quick. Okay. Uh, give me a quick perception. 14. Okay. Ooh, so yeah, 14. Okay. So you see that, uh, the, uh, horse who's in there is sort of, uh, nay snoring peacefully for the evening, you know, horses. And so this is a horse who has been, uh, used that day. Um, and, uh, everything else from your quick glance in seems like your regular, Richie Rich stable. And so we'll say that's been about a minute 30. So you have about uh, 30 more seconds until we jump back to what they're doing. But keep in mind, you don't necessarily know what their progress is like. Oh, right, right, right. No, I'm, not, I'm not trying to time it perfectly. And I didn't, no, no, I didn't no, no. anticipate yeah. I didn't anticipate them doing any type of bird calls anyway. Um, <laughs> I'll, um, I, I'd like to know. So based on the layout of these houses, if they're a little bit, a little bit cookie cutter, then if the if the center of the front door like lines up with the center of the back door kind of thing, uh, would I know that? Um, having seen the front, uh, you would know that the the back door, uh, which you're looking at, which is if you're facing the back, it's sort of all the way to the left. Um, the main entrance door is directly in the center of the house. Okay. And then I, I'll go to that door and I'll stand, I'll stand there and uh, uh, check it to see if I can get in like, you know, lock picking or whatever I need to, I don't know what they have, slide a hand for that too. Uh, so there's, uh, that would be thieves tools. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't have that. Uh, uh, but we'll, we'll uh, the last thing I want to look for is if there's a, a, like a basement entrance, like a, like a cellar entrance from the, from the yard or if it's from, you know, something like that. Yeah, uh, there is not. 
Okay, cool. Then I'm going into the. I'm going in this door as quietly as I can. Okay. Um, so you find uh, the door in the back locked. I check under the mat. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I've gone through my share of locked doors. Okay. In, in my time, so I'm I'm not going to try to like delicately pick it. I'm going to try to quietly break it. Okay. Uh, give me a stealth check. Fifteen plus three, eighteen. So as you're listening, um, you hear uh, the sound of someone sort of rapidly going down the stairs um, that are not far from, uh, that seem to be on the same side of the house as where that door is. Mm-hmm. And as those sort of footfalls clatter down the stairs, uh, you take that opportunity to uh, give that, that door the, the good heave-ho and you work your way into the kitchen. Okay. Uh, all of the lights there are off, um, and you can really only see by the, the light of the moon. So, All right, let's swing back around to the front then. Uh, police officers, James, bring you into a very nice foyer, and after a, about a minute, the butler reappears and says that Dr. Witherspoon will be down momentarily, um, that uh, he would like you to... Uh, wait in the foyer, which the butler seems happy about. Uh, the foyer is marble. It'll be easier to clean up blood there. Oh, yeah, James is just really kind of overselling it a bit. Just, uh, you know, kind of pulls his shirt up to expose the, the the knife wound and has just has it out there. And just, is there a place to sit or did they get me set down? Uh, they kind of set you down on the floor, okay. which is what the butler indicates. And he kind of pulls a carpet out of the way so that, uh, you don't get blood on his nice things. All right. Uh, do I have a line of sight of uh, the back door or that direction? Uh, where... No. Okay. So from the foyer, uh, there's a, a formal sitting room um, off to, uh, if your back is to the front of the house, there's a formal sitting room off to the left that has a sort of big archway into it. Um, that's the sort of natural way that the foyer leads in. There's a door and you've worked in enough, uh, you know, fancy people houses uh, that you know that that would likely be the dining room in a house like this, but it's a, a sort of easily swinging door um, that is, of course, swung shut. Uh, in the fire room, there are embers still sort of glowing, but not burning. Um, and, uh, you know, the the room is arrayed in the manner of the upper class uh, in Boston and uh, and London, but you don't know about that. You know, there's a book out, a uh, chair by the fire, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to lay there and groan and, okay. you know, just really, really keep attention on me that, and, and hopefully the groaning will also cover up any noises that, that our friend may be making elsewhere in the house. Okay, cool. Uh, Agnes, Ignacia, what are you two up to? What's the book? <laughs> I have a theme going. You're, you're not quite able to tell from where you are. But if you want to kind of meander in, you feel free to. I, I, will, I will meander in a flustered manner. Okay. Um, I'm looking something up just to make sure it wasn't published later. No, we're good to go. Um, was not prepared to be asked about the book. But in the future, I will remember this and put this in my notes. Um, uh, it is a leather-bound, uh, gold-gilded edge uh, copy of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. 
Um, he's about a third of the way through. Uh, and the, as you sort of poke your head in that way, the police officers say, Miss Han, uh, please, please stay here. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just, I wanted to walk around a bit because I, my nerves are uh, a little jostled after our encounter. Uh, yeah. So the, the butler says, um, would you like some, uh, some brandy, miss? Yes, please. Okay. So he, uh, he heads into the, the sort of sitting room, uh, pours a glass of uh, brandy for you and, and offers it to you. As he does that, uh, Witherspoon comes downstairs. He's in his pajamas. Um, and uh, he says uh, sort of curtly to the officers, um, sort of trying to, to sound like he's joking, but clearly uh, annoyed um, to the officers. Uh, officers, I thought the, uh, and he's obviously speaking with a British accent that I can't even pretend to do. Um, he, but he says, uh, officers, I thought the purpose of having you out front was that I would be able to sleep well at night. And the officer sort of stammered. He says, no, no, it's fine. Hippocratic oath. Um, that's the patient then. And uh, James looks at you. Yeah. James leans over and really exposes this knife wound. You know, uh, just, just, I'm hoping you can maybe stitch me up or something, doc. Uh, I took, I took a knife right, right here in my side. He says, uh, yes, I, I see that. Tell me a little bit more about what happened. Well, I don't, I don't really know what happened. These, I was walking, uh, the, these women home, uh, and then we got jumped and, you know, I tried to fend, fend some, fend some of them off. And before I knew it, uh, one of them caught me right here in the side with the knife and, uh, uh and then they ran off. He's like, that's, that's, you know, I didn't see the knife. I don't, I didn't just, I don't know. I don't know even know what kind of knife it was, but it just happened so, so quickly. So he says to the officers, uh, did, did either of you see any of this? And they sort of confusedly shake their heads. No. Uh, and he said, how long ago did this happen? Which way were they headed? Uh, certainly it might be a good idea to get the police after them. Uh, well, we were down, down the ways, uh, uh, you know, it was probably, I don't know, times maybe five, five minutes at the most, maybe. Uh, I, and again, I don't, uh, I don't really know which way they ran off. Hmm. So he looks at the knife wound and he says, this knife wound is quite a bit older than that. This is a few hours old by my estimation. Uh, no, I'm, well, I don't, I'm no doctor, but I know that it's not a few hours old. All right. Give me a deception check. All right. I wrote a seven and I have a t uh, plus one on deception. Okay. Uh, he rolled a 17 and he's real smart. Um, yeah. So he says, uh, he sort of looks at you strangely and says, uh, well, be that as it may, I'll, uh, I'll get you a, uh, I'll get you some help. Uh, and he, um, snaps his fingers and, uh, sends his butler for his medical bag. All right. And, um, as, oh, yeah, go ahead. As this butler's going for his medical bag, I, I basically lean him like, is there a place I can, I can wash up and calm my nerves a bit? Is there like a powder room or, or something that I can, uh, I can go he says, uh, sure. Um, uh, and he points to one of the officers. This officers, you know where the, the powder room is. Please escort her there. Uh, and okay. they do. The powder room is... Um, so he leads you through the dining room uh, towards the back and into a powder room. Okay. Do I go in by myself or is the officer coming in with me? <laughs> oh, no. The officer's not going to come in with you, no. 
<laughs> shut the door. Yeah. Um, basically, start having the water run. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I'm going to start. Um, uh, which one do I want to do? Detect evil or magic. Evil or magic. Evil or magic. Detect evil magic. <laughs> Can I do that? <laughs> okay. I don't have that many spell slots. Because um, I used two last time. Okay. Um, I'm just going to do detect evil. In the house. So, like, while the water's running and I'm at the sink, I'm just concentrating and mumbling a few words and mm-hmm. getting, reciting the usual uh, ritual of detect evil. Sure. Um, so, what is the range for detect evil? That is a good question. Let me see here real quick. Uh, within 30 feet, Ignacia. And it lasts for uh, concentration up to 10 minutes. Okay. Um, so you're more than 30 feet away from from him? Yeah, a uh, large house. And you're sort of towards the back of it. Is she th- within 30 feet of me? Well, you're not evil, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, evil, we're gonna have words, sir. Yeah, I don't GM for evil characters. Um, I put the cornflakes box back. Oh. <laughs> um, so you uh, you don't detect anything uh, evil. Uh-huh. Um, so it is a con- it's a concentration because it lasts up to ten minutes. Yeah, concentration up to ten minutes. So, uh, so I'm just gonna actually once it's cast, I'm gonna wash my hands and just walk back up to the area. Okay. Great. So we'll say that's been about uh, about three minutes, um, and so let's uh, let's pop back over to Sawyer. So Sawyer, uh, three minutes earlier than that, you're in the kitchen. Okay. And was the the person coming down the stairs the butler opening the door for them? And now I'm hearing them all come in. Yes. Okay. Well, quickly, I'd like to uh, see if I can see if the horse was used today, and anybody came in from there. I'd like to see if like. There's any bags, saddlebags, anything that someone might have left out that would give any indication of where this person might have gone earlier. Mm. Uh, yeah, give me an investigation check. Uh, in uh, there is a sort of area in the kitchen where sort of uh, unless you know the kitchen is sort of an informal space, and uh, so there is some stuff dropped there. Give me an investigation check. See what you notice. I got twelve. Okay. Uh, yeah, you notice that there's sort of a, an assortment of stuff there, um, but nothing really that catches your uh, catches your interest. Uh, in that case, uh, I'm uh, one. I mean, I I want to I want to get to a place where I can listen to what is is going on out there, but I could also make my way back and out if I needed to escape. So I'm sort of making my way down the hall, finding like a, a some sort of indentation or place that I could, or or like large piece of furniture that I could be standing next to that lets me hear what's going on, but also I can, I can book it out of there. Sure. Um, so from the kitchen, there are two doors. Um, both of them are sort of, uh, swinging doors. The, the one to, uh, if you, if your back is to, uh, the back of the house, so you're facing the front, um, the one to your, uh, left, you sort of push on just a little bit and notice that it's a really fancy dining room, though it's hard to see in because uh, there aren't windows there and it's quite dark. Um, and then you sort of, but you hear more voices coming from the other door to the right near the other end of the kitchen. Um, and sort of looking through the small crack, you see that it's a formal sitting room. 
and you can see everyone uh, kind of chatting through an archway into the foyer, which uh, you assume is at the front of the house because it looks like the front door is there. Okay. And uh, when, when at, the, at the moment when Ignacia is heading towards the bathroom, mm-hmm. uh, is she being escorted? And is the person standing like right next to her or just sort of showing her where the bathroom is and letting her, letting her find her own way back? Yeah. Uh, so the person you hear uh, a little bit later, you hear someone, uh, two people walking through the dining room uh, and you hear the voice of one of the police officers and Ignacia sort of making uh, polite small talk as they walk. Okay. So I'm going to pay more attention to that. Okay. Uh, Ignacia, did you say anything of particular import to the police officer who was escorting you back or? No, not really. Okay. Um, so through the wall between the kitchen and the, the water closet, you're able to hear Ignacia uh, muttering some things to herself uh, over the, over the water that she's running. Does the sound, is the, is the police officer right outside the door? Uh, the police officer is outside of the, the water closet door in the dining room. Yes. Okay. Well, if it sounds similar to what I heard her doing earlier, then I'll, I'll I'm just, I'm basically just going to be keeping my ears open. Mm-hmm. If it's really dark, I'm probably going to close my eyes, like try to keep them, get them as well adjusted to the dark as I can. Okay. And then uh, the only thing I didn't state earlier is um, when I, b- before I entered, when I was walking through the garden, I jammed my spurs a little bit into the mud to get them, get them a little bit gunked up so they wouldn't be making the, j- just my spurs, not my boots, but to, sure. to, so they weren't going to be spinning and making that fun cowboy in a saloon sound. Gotcha. All right. All right. Uh, so Ignacia, you head, uh, you finish in the, in the, the water closet, just as the doctor is coming, uh, starting to suture. Uh, poor James up. Um, and uh, so he's sort of setting about his work quickly. This is obviously something he's done quite a few times before. And as you're walking forward, um, so y- you've detected evil before, I assume, right? Yeah. What does it feel like when you detect something evil? A I would sort of, say it's... Oh, go ahead. A sort of like, what does it feel to detect a sort of benign every day this person's just really a horrible person kind of evil it's kind of like a gut feeling like like a sharp pain in it and in, in like the, the lower abdominal mm-hmm. and just um like something's you know it's a bad plan sure so that's sort of like sharp drop in your stomach mm-hmm. okay. um as you move through the dining hall um as you get about a third of the way through towards him um you feel like you've been stabbed in the stomach um, and you uh, it, it takes sort of a sheer force of will to keep yourself from, from doubling over uh, and or throwing up. Um, this is uh, excruciatingly painful. Um, this feels the, the same way that uh, it felt when you uh, detected evil on whatever it was that was possessing uh Oh, uh, Terry. Yeah. So she does like a half step pause in her walking, mm-hmm. um, which probably catches the cop's guard, which she doesn't care about. Right. Um, and basically she just, she's like, sorry, it's lady problems. He, he sort of like waves his hand. He goes, I, I don't, yeah, nope, whatever you, I don't, and sort of walks, just keeps going. <laughs> but, um, 
She'll just keep going, try to straighten herself back up and just keep walking. But now that she knows the initial issue is there, she's okay with it. Usually it's the initial shock is what usually makes her double over. Um, And uh, as the butler comes back into the room, you don't sense anything from him. Uh, Nothing from the two cops, nothing from any of your, your traveling companions. Anything from the doctor? Oh, yeah. I mean, the doctor is the one who gave you the, the sort of okay. knife in the stomach drop. Um, as you get closer, you're able to certainly tell uh, that that's him. Like, yeah, that's true. There were a bunch of people clustered together, so it might be hard to sort of pinpoint. But um, as you approach, you can certainly tell that's the direction of, of the evil. Um, cool. re- really tremendous evil. Right? Because it also tells you the how, like, how evil, right? Yeah, um, let me double check that real quick. Uh, there's an aberration, celestial, and elemental fey fiend or an undead within 30 feet of you, as well as a rare creatures located. Oh, so this isn't. Um, I mean, it's oh, a different one. So it has to be a sort of supernatural kind of evil. I don't like. I don't know. Like it. Let me, let me pull it up online because I don't know if my spell book's gonna be what I want. Um, tech evil five e. What, yeah, it looks like, like the, it, it does Disney like villain scale. What's that? <laughs> nothing, nothing. I was saying, what about on the Disney villain scale? Is oh, on the Disney villain? Yeah. Cruella de Vil, or are we talking a <laughs> lot Maleficent here? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know that the spell gets quite that specific. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so let's say, I mean, let's just say that this is uh, the detect good and evil sort of lets you know uh, a bit about the alignment of a person as well. Okay. Um, and I'll look into that a little bit more. But uh, for right now, let's say that this isn't necessarily telling you that he is or is not supernatural. Okay. He's just evil. Yes. Good to know. And I think um, wherever Sawyer's standing, he might have seen this double step of whenever she first got hit with that. Um, so Sawyer's behind a door, so he wouldn't have seen it. Um, if he's listening closely, uh, he might, he he would have heard it, but not necessarily know what it was. Yeah. We could say that in where he, where he's standing, the, his hands immediately go to, to pistols, but here's you sort of say, like, play it off with the police officer. So Mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't drop. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a matter of a few quick minutes, uh, for the doctor to, to sew up this knife wound. Um, and, uh, every, every little suture James is just, I mean, he has it in his mind that, that he imagines that Sawyer is probably searching the house, going through stuff. So with every little suture, it's, ah, ah, just (laughs) the worst pain ever. (laughs) So, uh, are they, is he actually stitching them up in that room, the front room? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. If they're all there in the same place, then I'll 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 snoop around if we've got a little bit of time. Sure. Um, I, so I, you, Sawyer was hoping there, that there wouldn't be police. Like they'd let they'd let them in, check them out, let them in, and then we could like sort of have our way with the uh, interrogation. But since that's not happening, I think that Sawyer will just sort of meander around, uh, keeping a good a good ear for what's going on in the front. Sure. So um, you're able to meander around in the the kitchen quite easily. Uh, There are all uh, doors. There's the door that you broke open. 
Um, and then the door, uh, the two doors to the sitting room and to the kitchen, uh, sorry, to the dining room. And, uh, yeah. So as you're looking around the kitchen, you see that, um, a meal for two has been prepared that evening. Um, uh, there are dishes drying next to the sink, uh, sort of fancy, one fancier dish and one more commonplace dish. Um, yeah, two people have eaten. One has eaten off of fancy things and one has eaten, uh, off of less fancy things. Are there any other rooms that have any type of locks or, you know, something that, that somebody would not want someone to go into? Uh, in here, no, there's, uh, some cabinets and, but they all just sort of have either pantry items or, uh, or the ice box or, um, dishes, but, um, nothing. And then, uh, I had assumed, I assumed that the stairs were leading down into where everybody is. So I couldn't just slip upstairs, but if there's a way to get upstairs, I'd want to without being seen, obviously. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be any staircase from the kitchen. What are those things called that were is a lazy butler? What were they called? Like a oh, a dumb waiter, dumb waiter, lazy butler, <laughs> uh, dumb waiter. Yeah, we'll say that there's a dumb waiter in uh, the back corner of the of the room uh, of the kitchen, uh, furthest corner, uh, not furthest, the at the back of the house, uh, opposite side of the kitchen from the um, the door to the outside. So Sawyer looks at it, kind of like sighs, lets out a little disappointed sigh, and says uh, very quietly to himself, not another damn dumb waiter. <laughs> and he starts making his way up it. <laughs> All right. Um, so give me uh, give me an athletics check. Let's see how this goes. Not as bad as I thought it would be. 14. Okay. Uh, that, is, that is just the right amount of... Not that bad. Um, <laughs> I thought I was going to, I don't have any bonuses to it at all. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to make you give me a, uh, a stealth check as well, since that sort of just does it. I'm trying to beat a 12 here. I beat a 12 with the roll, So eight, yeah, yeah, I, beat, I, I got a 15. On the roll. Okay. So you start inching yourself up this, uh, up this dumb waiter. Um, and, uh, there are a few times that you lose your footing, uh, but almost as though he's watching you climb up, you hear uh, just as you sort of slip a little bit and kind of catch your foot, uh, you hear James go, ah, <laughs> from the front. Um, and you make your way up this dumb waiter uh, into a uh, poke your head out, and there uh, you find yourself in a master bedroom, a uh, large bedroom that stretches from uh, the back of the house to the front. Um, this is this is clearly the master. Jackpot. Sawyer begins to dig around. Okay. Snoop. All right. Give me uh, an investigation check. I really should have anticipated more uh, investigation and not <laughs> <laughs> tanked myself there. Uh, ten, so nine. Okay. Uh, this is a place where people sleep. Um, he's uh, he's lying on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> if I were an evil doctor, right. where would I get my incriminating evidence? Right, tapping your tapping your muddy spurs on the uh, on the bed sheets. Um, no, so you poke around the room a little bit. Uh, you can tell that uh, based on the indentation in the bed, um, someone was sleeping here for a while. Um, this is not 
you know, this is not a, he laid down five minutes before he got back up kind of thing. Um, uh, the bed is still a little bit warm. Um, there's an empty glass of, uh, what was milk next to the bed, you know, a, a wardrobe with some clothes in it, uh, a bedroom. The, the only thing that I would say is that Sawyer has, when it comes to like uh, investigating things, yeah. like, a, like a police officer, he, he doesn't really go for that. He, he's more interested in where does somebody keep the thing they don't want anyone else to find. And mm-hmm. so he's really just focused on after, you know, his, his criminal past. Let's, mm-hmm. I'll just be honest. I'll put it out there. His criminal past. Sure. Um, uh, like that's, that's the main thing is like in a pinch, he has five seconds in a room. He's looking for the place that the person doesn't want him to look. That's Got all it. he's looking for. All I right, know he didn't me. roll well, but that's basically the thing he's going for. So that would be insight psychology. Give me a check on that. 16. Oh, plus, minus, plus one, 17. Okay. Um, so you do a quick check of this room, um, and this is not, uh, there doesn't seem to be any anywhere that uh, anything amiss. There doesn't seem to be a place in this room that someone would be hiding things that he doesn't want to see. Um, All right. You check the usual places under the bed. You lift up the mattress real quick. Uh, you poke your head into the water closet in one corner of the room. There's nothing there. Um, you know, check for a false bottom in the wardrobe. Nothing, nothing. All right. Well, he, he uh, you know, uh, he's not overly annoyed. He just sort of like glances around, sort of makes his way towards the front to see if he can start listening again to what everyone's talking about. But uh, he's he's fidgeting with uh, with. Uh, with Sue's ring on his finger, the the silver jade ring, he's sort of fidgeting with it, tap you know, tapping it with his nail, mm-hmm. and uh, walking towards the door. And then he'll that's that's he's he's going to try to hear what's going on downstairs. Sure. Um, Figure out how much time he has before he has to fire him and slide down that thing. Right. Um, yeah. So as you, it takes you a while to kind of case the whole bedroom, um, and as you're doing it, you notice that you can best hear the voices when you're directly over them. Um, so towards the towards the front of the house. Uh, you hear James continuing to sort of play up how hurt he is. Um, and uh, you hear Dr. Witherspoon getting uh, sort of increasingly frustrated with it. Uh, he's smart enough to know that, uh, you know, people aren't being entirely forthcoming with him. Um, and uh, you hear him almost as soon as you finish casing it say, um, well, you seem to be rather patched up. Um, and, uh, if you need anything else, I'm sure that uh, Dr. Hahn would be more than capable of providing you further assistance. And so we'll use that to kind of slide ourselves back down to the first floor. Um, and so how does everybody respond to that sort of uh, cold British dismissal? Well, James would, uh, thank you, doctor. That's, you know, that, that, that looks pretty good. Uh, do you think that I'd have a, that I'd want to stall for more time? Or do you think that do what I don't know? Maybe it's just something I decide myself. What I feel that that uh, Sawyer's probably had enough time up there. That's up to you. Okay. Well, James is gonna stand up, look himself over, say it's fine. Look at like that is some fine fine architecture you got going on in here. Real real good brickwork, you know. This house will <laughs> stand up to quite a bit. He says. Um, <laughs> He says, yes, someone picked it out for me. Quite happy with it. Uh, if there's nothing else, uh, I had a busy day of seeing patients. 
today. I have a busy day of seeing patients tomorrow uh, and wasn't planning to see anyone at three in the morning. So um, I bid you all good evening. Thank you uh, so much for your help. Ms. Ignacia, Ms. Han, uh, please give Dr. Han my regards and I hope to meet him one day. Uh, and in an attempt to continue stalling just enough, <laughs> um, <laughs> I thank you again so much for this. And if you do need anything, um, that you a favor perhaps that my father or brother uh, might be able to help you with, please feel free to, to call on uh, me. And I also tell both of them that you assisted us this evening. And again, we apologized for the intrusion so late into the night. Um, he, he thanks you um, and says that uh, he, may, he may take you up on that and um, sort of bids you all good evening and starts walking back upstairs as or a last back, back towards the upstairs a last ditch effort to stall for time uh james hurries over is like oh doctor i just i'd like to to shake the hand of the man who who well uh who helped me out a great deal tonight thank you very much and extends his hand out all right he gives you uh he gives you a, a quick handshake um and says, james is gonna hold that hand as long as he can and just you know, you know, I've had stitching job before. I've I've had a trowel go through my through my arm, and you know, he starts showing off scars. Like, and you know, your your stitch is the best stitch I've had. Just so uh, give me a it. give me a persuasion check. All right, Sawyer, I hope you're doing something with this time. Uh, that's nope. That's an eight with right. uh, yeah. He sort of claps your hand and then uses like holds it with one and uses it to slide the other one out. He says. Um, he says, no one has ever complained about my surgical abilities. Indeed. Have a good evening and turns to head upstairs. Uh, you have a good night as well. He doesn't turn around. He's, he's done. He's done with you all. (laughs) So I did did what I could. (laughs) All right. So Sawyer, you hear him starting to come up the stairs. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not looking down the stairs. I'm like standing in a room, but above where they are. Is that right? Is that correct? Yes. Uh, you are, uh, the master bedroom is uh, off to, if you're facing, uh, looking at it from the front, from the street, it's off to the left of the house. Uh, and he has walked towards the right of the house to go up the stairs that are sort of along the right wall. So if I could get from where I am to another room before mm-hmm. he gets into the master bedroom, that would be my, my, uh, my, my thought is if I'm going to get out of here, it's probably going to be down the stairs when no one's, when no one's watching or out a window or something. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get out of his room since I'm convinced there's nothing in here that I need to know uh, into another room, wait for him to pass and then look in that room and see what's going on. Okay. Um, give me uh... Oh, the one question. When I, yeah. when I, when, when Ignacia doubled over in pain because of the evil stuff, there's nothing that I would have gained from that. Like, I don't know that anybody's evil or specifically that this guy's evil. Right. All you heard her do was mutter yeah. some stuff. And so you assume that she's casting a spell, but you don't know enough about spells to know what it is. Um, and you, uh, I think would just have heard her sort of like step pause and then keep walking. Okay. And nothing in his room gave me any sign or feeling that he's a, a bad dude. No, no. Um, um okay. All right. Then so that's, uh, that's my plan. Okay. So you look around the room, uh, and you know, you'd cased it out pretty well before. Uh, so give me a stealth check with advantage. Nine, 17 plus three, 20, a natural 20. 20. Oh, a natural 20. 
Un- unnatural. No, oh, it's unnatural 17 plus three. 17 plus three. All right. Um, so you look around the room. There's the, the door to the water closet in the master bedroom. Um, but you sort of think to yourself, if he's just stitched up a patient, he may be going in there to wash up afterwards. That might not be a great place. Um, although there's a, a bathtub and the curtain was drawn. So you figure you might lie down in the bathtub and hide yourself there. Um, has the movie psycho come out yet? It has not. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, uh, underneath the bed, there was some space there, you know, it wasn't cluttered with things under there. So you could hide under there. You could, uh, attempt to sneak yourself into, uh, one of his wardrobes in there. Um, but you're worried that, uh, possibly the creaking of the door as you were going to get out might awaken him. Uh, the only other door out is a door to, uh, on the sort of opposite side of the back wall from the dumbwaiter, which having poked your head out sort of leads to the landing, a hallway for the top, uh, for the, at the top of the stairs or near the top of the stairs. I think, well, if, if I can, I want to get to a, a place where I can hide, but, uh, but look, look down the stairs. I, I want to try to see if I can make eye contact with any of my, my companions here. Uh, while I'm up there, that that would be a one thing that I'd want to do because I, I kind of want to get an idea of like what what do they want me to do? What did, if I missed anything? What did I you know that type of thing? So I haven't moved yet. He's coming up the stairs. Yep. And I have to make a decision. Yeah. Um. Okay. There's there's no way to you know there's a window in the front, but you can't exactly like lean out of that, wave to them, do some hand right. signals, and lean back in. Um, so right. Okay. Um. W- would uh just because there's you said once I hide. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll make it easy so we can take take the break. But I'll, I'll um, I want to hide in a place where um, was that under the bed? I don't want to sure. be in the shower. I I want to be in a place where I can get up and have room to move and then get to the dumbwaiter if I need to. Sure. All right. So you uh you hide yourself under the bed. Uh, your stealth check is more than enough to take care of that. Um, and uh, you hear him sort of just as you slide under the door. Uh, sorry, under the bed, you hear him open the door and slam it behind him. Then you hear him sort of muttering to himself uh, under his breath about, um, you know, the sort of interruption and sort of wondering out loud, like, what the deuce they're doing here and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and sure enough, he does head into the bathroom, you hear the water running for about 30 seconds. And then uh, you hear the sound of the butler ushering everyone out as this is going on. Uh, and then the sound of the butler going up the stairs. Uh, as the butler reaches the top of the stairs, uh, Witherspoon climbs into bed and it sort of sags closer to you, um, but uh, there's still space under there. It's a large bed. As soon as the, the bed sunk down over Sawyer, yes, he had a little bit of a flashback to something not so pleasant. And when the person, you, you said that he went, wait, did he go to wash his hands? He washed his hands before the bed sunk down. Yeah, he washed his hands and then he then he came in. He came out and then so we'll say the bed. we'll say when he's when Sawyer's under the bed, that's when he has that that unpleasant moment. Okay. Not 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 when he the guy goes into the the doctor goes into the bathroom, and so Sawyer is a little bit different when the guy comes out. Okay, and so also wanna... and also not under the bed. Okay, so what do you want to tell? Do you want to tell us anything about the flashback or? There's uh, as soon as he goes under the bed uh, and his back, he's on a hard floor. Uh, there's there's some dust. I mean, the butler can't clean everything, and um, it it it, it remi- immediately he's sent back to a place when he was going through 
really massive withdrawals uh, from opiates. And he was having a lot of visions and a lot of those visions were of very evil things. And uh, he also, a lot of those visions, some of those evil things are his former self, what what he was doing and what he was a part of. And uh, he sees a familiar face in the middle of all of the, the flashbacks and it's sort of, uh, it's, just, it's, a, it's a beautiful face. It's a face that brings him comfort and he reaches towards the towards the person who has like kind of an outstretched arm, but the person gets sucked back into this blackness. And as soon as the person sucked back, and uh, Sawyer realizes that he can't he can't save that person, he can't he can't he can't help him. He opens his eyes, and in his mind, at this moment, he's he's not he's not this Sawyer person who he's playing himself off as. He's he's Finn, or as they called Red Finn. And uh, he rolls out from under the bed and sits down in a chair that's facing the, the, so the side of the bed, like sort of like a reading chair or something, facing the door of the washroom, if that's something that can happen. Mm-hmm. And when the person comes out in a dark room, the only thing that's lit is a, is a cigarette underneath a dark cowboy hat. And the hat lifts a little bit. And because of the embers on the end of the cigarette, the eyes are glowing red. And when the person walks out, we'll say that we'll say that Finn says, "Hello, Doctor. Sorry to be calling so late." And uh, he he uh, has uh, one of his pistols is on his lap, and the other one is holstered. Okay. Um, he uh, so Witherspoon absolutely freezes in his tracks and opens his mouth to scream, sees the gun, closes his mouth, and says, "Who are you?" That's not important. What's important is that you give me real answers right now. Because I can make a real mess of this place real fast. Okay. Uh, So he takes a a deep breath to sort of like steal himself and um, says, Well, I knew there was more going on downstairs than... How may I help you? So uh, Finn has dealt with a lot of very intelligent people. And he himself admittedly is not very intelligent. (laughs) And so... He always knows that whenever somebody is taking their time with him in their conversation, they're trying to outsmart him, which annoys him. Okay. Uh, and it almost always works, so he can't let it happen. So okay. basically, he's going to try to intimidate this guy immediately into, into I, I can't let him use his intellect. I want okay. him to be a scared, a scared child only answering my questions. Okay. Uh, so give me a, uh, an intimidation check against his wisdom. This is this is the thing I'm good at because I'm menacing <laughs> when I'm in this mode. <laughs> seven, seven, 17 plus seven, <laughs> so twenty-four, and then yeah, uh, and then no, and the rest of my menacing feat doesn't apply to this because it's not combat. Okay, um, so he uh, he stammers a little bit and he says, um, "May may I sit down?" No, you Very may not. Well. Very well. What part do you have to play in the murders that happened tonight and then last night? Tell me now. I have absolutely no part to play in any murders. Why do people think that that you do have a part in it? Someone has decided to frame me for these. Tell me the truth now. I am being completely forthcoming with you. What kind of doctor are you? So each, uh, if you want, uh, you can give me uh, an insight check to see if he's telling the truth. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, that he's real scared. Um, and so I'm going to give you advantage on it. 
Oh, I need advantage on this. <laughs> An 11 and a 19. And I don't think I have any bonuses to this. Oh, insight plus one. Okay, so 20. Um, you, uh, you've you read people before, and you are reading this guy like a book. Okay. Um, and so uh, after each question, I'll give his answer and then tell you whether or not it's true. Okay, So and so far he's been true? He's been honest? Yes. Okay. Um, what did uh, Detective O'Neill want with him? I, I'm I'm not in. I'm not talking character. Do you want me to say talking character to him or no? Uh, sure. Yeah. All right. So, what did Detective O'Neill want with you? He wanted to interview me about this case. This case plagues me. This case has taken everything from me. It has taken my life, my wife. I have had to move because of this Ripper who seems intent on making people think that I have committed these murders. And he is telling the truth. How many people have you killed? I have never intentionally killed anyone. How many people have you unintentionally killed? Uh, and that previous statement was true. Um, actually, I'll just tell you if there's if he says anything untrue, how's that? Okay, okay. Um, so uh, he says, in the course of being a doctor, sometimes- I quickly draw my pistol, the other one, pull the hammer back and say, that's not what I asked, doctor. He says, I have never accidentally killed anyone. Patients have died in my care, but I have not killed them. Their injuries or their disease have killed them once, a surgery that did not go well, but I have never killed anyone. Did you bring your butler here with you from England? I did. Hmm. You can sit now on the floor right there where you're standing. Very well. And uh, Sawyer leans forward. I'm using Sawyer and Finn interchangeably. Sure, sure. When he's being reasonable, I suppose he's Sawyer. <laughs> um, he leans he leans forward, uh, taking, scooping the gun up that's on his lap and holstering it, but keeping the other gun trained on him. I'm wondering if there's... Okay, now real quick. Do you know Catherine? Catherine... I've known Catherine's. I... Do you know the Catherine that I'm talking about? I don't know which Catherine you're talking about. Madame Marie. How do you know her? I do some work with the the men and women who work for her. They see me. I treat their injuries or diseases. So right now Finn is kind of calculating his way out of this because mm-hmm. he's not getting answers that are sort of opening up any, <laughs> any doors for him. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see. Who used the horse today? The, the horse in the stable in the back? Yep. I did. Where'd you go? I went to my office, and I returned home. All right. Well, you've been very helpful. Why don't you go ahead and stand up and turn around and put your hands on your head? Okay. Uh, he does exactly that. Um, nothing weird about him as he's doing that? Uh, no. I mean, anything you want to look for in particular? Or... I'm trying to see if he has anything on him that that he might be like trying to favor or reach for or like th- something that might be a, I mean, some people like when they're not, uh, I mean, so, you know, some people when they're in danger, they reach for like a holy symbol or talisman. Like, oh my gosh, this is happening. I'm going to grab my necklace because it's a rosary kind of thing. Sure. Trying um, to see if there's anything like that he's going for. I mean, he's still wearing his, uh, his wedding ring. Um, and he's sort of, you know, as he puts his hand up, he's sort of doing that, but not, yeah. Okay. I'm going to try to rile him. I say, take off the ring. Uh, now. 
Doctor. This is my... Sir, I... I didn't say I was going to take it from you. I want it off. Very well. So I'm trying to do the same thing I did with uh, before where I was trying to distract them with the little bird sound thing <laughs> so I can get close, so I can get away from him. When he's doing that and trying to take the ring off, I'm moving towards him and I'm going to try to nail him in the back of the head with the, with the butt of the pistol. Okay. Um, I think he would be too... I mean, you scared the shit out of him. Um, so I think he would be too scared to turn around even if he heard you coming towards him. So. Okay. So yeah, I'm just trying to knock him out. Okay. Um, so why don't you give me uh, an attack roll with advantage? 15 and a 2. And uh, this is just strength, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't have any strength. So 15. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's going to do, uh, I think... So you have no strength modifier? No. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I think you could, if you're thinking about this as sort of a, a precise shot to the, I mean, you know how to knock people out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it, I'm not trying to, like, inflict a mortal injury or anything. Sure. Uh, so why don't you give me um, uh, 2d6, sorry, uh, d8 plus your dex modifier. Ooh, dex? That yep. I can do. Six. Nine. Nine total. Yeah. Uh, he is, and you're doing <clears throat> non-lethal damage, right? Correct. Yeah, he is, uh, you hit him right in the back of the, you know, right in the back of the skull, the soft spot where the spine sort of connects up, and he just crumples down. Red Death is Morgan Nuncio as Ignacia, Cleo Yunsu Davis as Agnes, Tim Devine as Finn Sawyer, Kent Blue as James, and Doug Lewandowski as our Game Master. Road to Play Podcast is edited, produced, and hosted by Kent Blue.